ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 Purpose Girls. So question for you. Do you ever feel stuck? My guess is that you do because I think we all do at some point in our lives. And what I've been thinking about lately are all the reasons why we as women get stuck so much. Like, have you ever felt so full of shame for something that you desire or so full of shame about your body or so full of shame about something? Or have you ever been so consumed by self-doubt, thinking there's no way I could do that, there's no way I could be that, there's no way I could take action on that, there's no way, who do I think I am? Or have you ever felt like your voice is stifled, like you're sitting in a meeting at work and you have an idea and no one hears it, and then about five minutes later, someone else has the idea and everyone thinks that it's amazing? Or maybe you share your opinion or you speak your voice and someone tells you you're too emotional, you're too sensitive, and you feel completely stifled and stuck again. I've been thinking a lot lately about what it is that keeps us women so stuck. And that is what today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about. I call them the seven sacred sins that are keeping women stuck. And I'm going to go through all seven. And then the most important thing, you might feel some anger rising in you. You might feel some frustration, some grief. You might also feel some validation in all the ways that we've been held down or victimized And then I want you to rise because the key to being stuck is to realize that you are never a victim in your life. You are the creator of your life. And we can turn any situation, rather than seeing it as being persecuted, we can see it as a challenge to rise to our greatness. And the answer to all of these is radical self-responsibility, radical self-responsibility. And so we're going to talk about that too and how you can rise in taking responsibility for how you move forward. Because you are never stuck, my friend. Ever, ever, ever. Of course, before we begin, I want to read the review of the week. And this is coming to us from Do The E. I love your name, Do The E. She says, wow, five stars. Your voice is so calming and a gift from God. Oh, that is so sweet. Literally three minutes into finding this podcast, I was hooked. I know what I'll be listening to every time I need to hear encouragement from a quote unquote friend. Thank you. Thank you, do the E. That means so much to me. I can't even tell you. I love being all of your friends. And if any of you think we're friends and we don't know each other, we are friends. So (laughs) you feel free to email me. You feel free to send me a message on Instagram. You feel free anytime. And I read all of that myself and I respond to all of it myself. So please, please be reaching out because I do see us as friends. That's the community that we're building. We're changing the world together, one woman at a time, together. If you have not yet left your review, it would mean so much to me. Just hit pause on the podcast for two minutes. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave one sentence. Leave five stars, one sentence, because every five-star review that you leave helps more and more women around the globe find us and begin to change their own lives and therefore change the lives of everyone around them. That's how we're creating community and changing the world one woman at a time. So in advance, thank you. Thank you for spending those 60 seconds or 120 seconds just to go over and leave that review. So I just got back from my Goddess Girls retreat in Miami, and it was incredibly glorious. I mean, it it was everything that's like so fun, like champagne reception and yoga and meditation at sunrise and then going into the ocean and skinny dipping for some of us and not skinny dipping for others and We did painting and some art and 
dancing, and and it was transformative in the way that every single woman shared the deepest pain and the greatest ways that they feel stuck in life and us working together to push past all that is holding them back, all that is in their lives, all the crap that has come to them and them literally pushing back. I do all these physical exercises where I have them literally push against me as if they were pushing against the stuckness, pushing against the shame, pushing against all that has been put upon them until they break free and they stand so tall, shoulders back, so confident like a queen and reclaim their life. This retreat was the full range, the full range. We held each other in our tears as a woman shared how she is taking care of her ex-husband as he is in his final months before he dies and how she's been sacrificing and sacrificing her own needs and how, yes, she wants to be there for him and for her girls, but she also knows that she is worthy of her own life. How another woman had been betrayed by her husband who left her and then set up life with another young woman and how he just bought this big beach house but wouldn't give her a dollar in the divorce and how she finally got out her anger and how she finally said, he's not in control of my worth. I'm in control of my own worth. I'm in control of my own power. How a woman after decades of different forms of abuse, sexual harassment by a boss, physical abuse by an ex-love, years of abuse, she finally, in her body, learned how to say no, no, no. And it was so powerful watching her say no at the beach, at night, into the ocean, declaring that she gets to say no and she gets to say yes. And then seeing her dance, oh my goddess, this woman we did these amazing dances where we would dance out the different archetypes of the goddess, like dance out the goddess of love and sensuality and feeling that sensuality in our bodies. I'm doing it right now. I wish you could see me like my arms can't even help it as I talk about it. Dancing out what I call the mermaid. And she's like the little girl in you that loves to skip and play and, you know, run around with her girlfriends. And so we would dance out the mermaid and it was so much fun. We were laughing hysterically. And dance out the queen who puts her shoulders back. Her head is held high. Some might even think that she's a bitch. But she's just protecting herself. She is confident. And seeing all these women after they push back on what's keeping them stuck, after that pain, and then after they rose and claimed their power, seeing each of them walk in their queen, dance in their queen, it was glorious. It was so glorious. Which is why one woman said that after years and years of therapy, this retreat, this one weekend retreat, saved her life. And they, these incredible women, have inspired me to do this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. Because at the Goddess Girls retreat, I was asking each woman, why are you here? Like, really, why are you here? Really, what is it that you want out of this really what made you say yes to coming? And after we got through all the ways that they want to step into being their goddess self, that they defined being a goddess, that they want to feel confident, that they want to feel on top of the world, that they want to feel glorious, that they want a desire to go after their dreams. As we continue to say, and why are you here? Really, what is keeping you stuck? Really, why are you here? And they shared their stories, the stories I just shared with you. I stood in front of this group of amazing, inspiring, strong, powerful women and shared how I had been physically abused when I was 17, how my first love took her hands to me, would slap me, would pinch me, would punch me, and how that left me feeling so full of shame, so sad, so full of shame, so confused. And so then I asked any woman who had also been abused to join me 
in the middle of our circle. And five women stood up. Five beautiful, precious women. Women who are sisters, women who are mothers, women who are friends, women who are professionals, women who are rocking this world in a million ways. Five women stood up that they had also been abused. And we held hands as a smaller circle within the larger circle of all the women at the retreat. And we looked down in shame and we looked up in tears into each other's eyes. I asked the women to look at each other and tears started to roll down our faces. And we gripped each other's hands tightly. I then shared how I had also been betrayed in my life, how there were women, friends, people who had betrayed me, dumped me, shared what I had shared with them in confidence, shared with other people, how loves had betrayed me. And I asked if anyone else had been betrayed. And another few women stood up and joined us. In the inner circle, we welcomed these three women in. And now we stood and we looked around at these women who were abused and betrayed. And the exercise continued as I shared the different pains that I have been through until every single woman was no longer in the outer circle, but was in the inner circle. And it only took three examples. Unfortunately, as women, we have been through so much. We have been through so much. One of the reasons why women are more depressed than men is that we suffer more abuse. Now, that is not to say that men do not suffer abuse. Of course they do. And my heart goes out to anyone and everyone who has ever had a hand laid on them or has been violated sexually or emotionally or mentally. And it happens to us women more. And so as we all were standing now holding hands, we were gripping onto each other in this larger circle, tears rolling down our eyes and the pain and the anger rising up in our chests. And I could feel it was palpable. I was shaking. I could feel some other women shaking with the collective pain, the collective shame, the collective stuckness. I'm feeling it now. I don't even know if you can hear it in my voice. And I said, does anyone else want to scream? And I wanted, I just wanted to let out a huge, ah! and then one woman yelled as if she was yelling at the person who violated her. And then a couple of women started punching the air, kicking, moving. And I turned on a song for us to kick and punch and get this out. And then we beautifully moved through the exercise I mentioned to you of pushing back. The one-on-one exercise where I'm so blessed that in these retreats, I get to also do one-on-one work and have all of the other women hold space and support. I find that there are these seven sacred sins, seven deadly sins against women that have been happening to us since we were little girls. And these are what keep us stuck. Seven reasons that we end up depressed and anxious and unhappy and lost and alone and so stuck. Number one, self-doubt. The world has made us think that there is something wrong with us, right? Have you ever been told that you're too much? One of the women there was always very shiny and bubbly and liked stars and unicorns and rainbows and was just told you're too much, like tone it down. What's wrong with you? Like, right. And you would think, well, why would anyone do that to a little girl who was so excited? Because maybe somebody was annoyed with her or maybe someone wasn't as optimistic as her. Right. So many of us have been told we are too much. Just tone it down. Or maybe it's the opposite. And you're told you're not enough. You're not as smart as your older brother. You're not as good at art as the other people in class. You're not as capable of applying to a different college. Or you're not skinny enough or pretty enough. Or as we age, which everybody does, by the way, we all age. That means we're actually alive. Maybe you've been told you're not young enough by people at your work. Or you've just felt that by all the commercials that tell you you're supposed to dye your hair and you're not supposed to have wrinkles and you're supposed to have plastic surgery or you're supposed to have Botox. Or maybe you've been told you're not talented enough. Right? And we come to believe these things. 
We come to believe these things about ourselves. A woman at the retreat was sharing how her seven-year-old is already starting to say, oh, I'm fat. Seven. Now, where does she get that? Her mom is like, she does not get it from me. She gets it because there are advertisements all around us, even on some shows that are for young kids, the shows that are teenagers in high schools. If the girls in those shows talk about that, even if they have a positive message at the end, the girls start to pick it up. So we begin to believe these ridiculous things that are put upon us, that we are too much or not enough, and therefore we don't toot our own horn, right? We're filled with self-doubt because we're also told as girls, don't brag, it's not polite, it's not pretty. And so we don't toot our own horn or go for the promotion, but you know who does, right? You know, men do. They will go for a job even if they only have 60%. This was a study that was done. If men have 60% of the job qualifications, they will go for the job. When women tend to not go for the job unless they have 100% of the qualifications. Ridiculous. Let's go for it at 60%, ladies. So we doubt ourselves. We don't pursue our dreams because we let the voice say, who are you? So I was working with one of my coaching clients and she just got a new opportunity, was sought after for a new contracting opportunity with a company. And she started her own business in order to be able to, to do this. And this voice inside of her, I called her Poopy Pants because <laughs> wanted to give her some name. But this voice kept telling her, who are you to have your own business? And as we went through our coaching calls, like by the end of the call, like, who am I? I know what I'm doing. I am awesome at this work. I'm passionate about it. Right? So self-doubt, one of the things that just keeps us stuck. But enough is enough. It is time to flip that and to shift that. And after I go through all seven, I'm going to share how. Number two, closely related to self-doubt, but takes it even further, is self-hatred. Beyond just doubting ourselves, let's be honest that the world has made us hate our bodies, our faces, that there's something wrong with them if they don't look like a supermodel in vogue, our skin, that if we have something natural like acne, then there's something wrong with us, or if it's a certain color, I was working with a woman in one of my coaching groups who is African-American and she broke down in tears that she grew up learning from society that there was something wrong with her just because of the color of her skin, that she came to hate the color of her skin because it was not what society said was more pristine, more beautiful. And it just made me so angry. It makes me so angry right now. I just want to say a few to society for doing that. Because her skin is beautiful. Or our hair, that there's something wrong with our hair. Or our butts, that our butts are supposed to be flatter or rounder or whoever is a superstar right now and whatever their butt looks like, that's what our butt is supposed to look like. Or our breasts. You'll hear in an episode coming up on the Purpose Girl podcast how a woman started a whole company for other women to feel beautiful in part because she read a Cosmopolitan magazine article when she was a little girl about what your breasts are supposed to look like or different types of breasts. And her, she felt like were the ugly ones in the magazine that they were talking about. And so she felt ashamed, right? She came to hate them. And then, of course, we feel so much hatred toward our pussies. We come to think that our sensuality smells, that our periods are a curse, that our bodies need to be different in a million ways. I mean, let's be honest, according to a Glamour magazine article, 97% of the women surveyed said something mean about their bodies every day. Depending on which research article you look at, between 80 to 90% of women worldwide dislike some aspect of their bodies. It's self-hatred. Hatred. And it's got to stop. Number three, shame. Of course, this is so closely related to the one above, right? We've been taught to be ashamed that they're women. We've been taught to be ashamed that we're women. Shame around our periods. Calling it the curse. This beautiful rite of passage, becoming a woman, meaning that we can actually create life, give birth, is something to be ashamed of as a curse? It's not a curse. It's a freaking blessing. 
as my mentor Regina Thomashauer says, she who bleeds but does not die. That's something to be proud of. And I want to tell you that hundreds or thousands of years ago, people knew that. People were amazed. How do these women bleed but not die? They can keep bleeding and bleeding and they're not dead. So they would worship at the feet of women. They didn't even know at the time how a baby was made because women would sleep with multiple men. It was not a big thing. Love was love. And so they didn't know that it actually took sperm to make a baby. It was just that all of a sudden a woman started to grow her belly and that she then gave birth. She then created life and women were worshipped for it. But now if we enjoy sex, we're called sluts. We're called prudes. If we don't, we can't win. We're told to be sugar and spice and everything nice. And then that anger is nasty. A woman who's come on two of my retreats so far, my goddess retreat in Greece and my priestess retreat in Avalon, she was told that anger is ugly. Well, not anymore. Not when she worked with me. (laughs) I saw her anger and it's beautiful because it has to come out. Women were shamed for their intuition. Women were hung called witches when they gathered in circle and they used their intuition. We've had generations of shame placed upon us, literally generations of shame placed upon us. And it's time to break free. Number four, sacrifice. Sacrifice in the name of service. Listen, as women, we are wired to serve. We love serving. It's in our bones. It's in our body Part of the gift of being female, our brains have more oxytocin, we, this, this cuddle hormone. We are wired in times of stress to gather the children, gather the community, and to tend to them and to connect and befriend. Men were out at war and the women would care for the community. And so we love taking care of others. That's still in our DNA. That's still in our brains. We love taking care of others and we live to please, right? Raise your hand if you are a pleaser. That's actually, the there's a strength in that, which is our wiring to care for others. It becomes a weakness when we completely sacrifice our own needs in order to please everybody else, right? It's like all your friends are going out for dinner and everybody says that they want Mexican and you just don't want to upset anybody. So you just don't say, oh, I really don't want Mexican. It makes me gassy. And then you go to the Mexican, you end up feeling bloated and gassy, but you completely sacrificed your own body's health for what everyone else needed. All the way from that to doing things at work that you just know are out of alignment or out of values. One of my coaching clients came to me. She was so miserable. She was working like 70 or 80 hours a week while her beautiful partner was at home. And what she really wanted was to create a life with him. But she was answering her bosses, first of all, coming home so late at night, answering her boss's emails all the time, right? Like this, because she's so good at serving others. And then the office, there's such jerks in the office and she wouldn't say anything. And so it was all bottling up inside of her. And so we sacrifice our own health. We sacrifice our own happiness. We sacrifice our very human need for rest because we think that we're supposed to sacrifice in order to be of service. Right, we've come to believe that self-care is selfish. Like, who said that to us? We've come to feel guilty if we actually take care of ourselves a little bit. But if we serve from the reserves, if we are totally out of gas and you keep serving, you know then that that's when we become temperamental. That's when we get angry quickly. That's when we have nothing left. That's when we start to get resentful. We sacrifice and sacrifice because we think we're supposed to and it's got to end. It is time to fill our own cups. Number five, we have been stifled. Oh, girl, have we been stifled. We've been told that we are too emotional, too sensitive, too hyper. You talk too much. Just sit there and look pretty. Don't speak unless you're spoken to. Can you tell how angry I'm getting at all these? Like, I created this model and it just... (laughs) Totally like it's getting me so, it happened to me when I was a little girl. I think I've shared this story, but I will share it again. When I was a little girl, 
I grew up in a very loud, loving Jewish family, and everyone loves to talk and talk and talk, especially my older brother, who now is a criminal defense attorney. He's extremely successful, very well known in the state of Michigan. Like he is a superstar, okay? He's turned his talking a lot and being right about everything, quote unquote, into an amazing career. And I love him, love him for it. But when I was a little girl and he would just talk and talk and talk, and my dad would love to talk and talk and talk. And I remember one day I was a little girl and I was so frustrated. I wanted to talk. I wanted to share about my day. I wanted to share about whatever I had done in school that day. And so I pounded my fists on the table and I pounded my feet and I said, I want to talk. I want to talk. And my brother whips his head at me, looks me up and down and said, so talk. And then I had nothing to say. And I remained very quiet, near silent around my family for most of my life until the last few years. I would still be a ham because I found that I would get a lot of accolades and I love, I love performing. I just do. And so I would be happy and excitable and yay and that girl. And I would not talk about what was going on with me at school or I wouldn't share what I was feeling. That part I would just keep to myself. Right? We are told as women that we are too emotional, too sensitive. Or maybe at work, someone has tried to mansplain or just explain to you. Right? I'll explain to you how it is. I was working with someone who supports our business recently, a company, and a man. And I don't even remember what I said. But then he went on to speak to me like, oh, little girl, let me tell you how it is. And I said, do not speak to me like that. Do not try to explain anything to me. I know what I'm talking about. I'm happy to hear. I'm happy to learn from you. But we're going to have to talk in a different way, right? So we've been stifled. We've been told don't speak unless you're spoken to. Our voices have been quieted. And they still are, even in cases of abuse. So a woman who came on one of my retreats and had been abused physically, almost died from abuse and ended up in the hospital. The police came and said, are, are you going to press charges? And she said, no. And he said, well, then you're, you're like all the other women who are letting him get away with it. And she said, well, you don't have to live in my shoes where he knows where I live. He's bigger than me. He might actually finish the job next time. Right? People wonder, why do women hold in counts of abuse for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years? Because we're scared. We're scared that they are going to come and finish the job. We're told, don't tell anyone about this. Or another one of my clients who was sexually abused when she was a little girl, when she was around 10, and was told, don't tell anyone about this or I'll hurt you. People who are bigger than us constantly would tell us to stay quiet. And so our voices are stifled. And then we end up with that lump in our throat. Well, that lump in your throat is because you have something to say. One of the things I love doing in my work is giving women a space to speak, speak their whole truth and their whole voice. So at this goddess girls retreat, I taught the women that when one of them wanted to share something to say to the group, I have something to say. And then we all would turn to her and we would all say, say it, goddess. And I learned that from a dear friend of mine, Rachel Hudson. And so we all said, say it, goddess. And the women just loved it. It was like eating it up. Can you imagine like 15 women saying, say it, goddess. And it was like, yes, I'm going to say, I'm going to speak my truth. No more holding back our opinions. No more holding back our ideas. No more holding back our emotions when these are the very gifts of our genius. We're going to speak our truth. Number six, scare. This is the sacred sin of survival. So this is closely related but how often do you stay stuck out of fear? Fear that you are not good enough. Fear that if you put yourself out there, you will fail. Fear that if you try, you will be rejected. Fear that you will not be loved. The number one fear in the world is public speaking. It's not actually about public speaking. What the research actually shows is that it is about our fear of being humiliated. And what is the fear of being humiliated about? 
It's about no longer being loved. So we're very afraid. We are humans. And as humans, we need other humans to protect us. This is survival evolution. People think that it was one versus one survival, survival of the fittest. And actually, that was one piece of it. A very large, maybe even larger piece of it, or at least half equal piece of it, was group survival. And we needed the tribe to protect us because when our predators became larger than us, or it was a whole group coming at us, our early ancestors had to come together and bond. Also had to come together and, you know, protect the children. And so literally, if our tribe didn't love us, if our tribe didn't want to protect us and our young, we would die. That's why you might see your teenage girls do things that are not in alignment with them that they don't want to do, whether it's smoking or showing their boobies or, you know, participating in being mean to other girls. They do it because they're so afraid that if they don't, they won't be loved anymore. There's a survival instinct that keeps us stuck. And that survival instinct is so helpful in a million ways because it also allows us to connect. It also allows us to take care of other people. It also allows us to want to do good for the greater society. But it's like anything. There's a strength and then in overuse, it becomes a weakness. And so fear, being scared, this survival absolutely keeps us stuck. And the last one is being stuck itself. Just the idea of stuckness keeps us stuck, right? So we stay where we are because we are so afraid of moving forward. And of course we do. That is because we so much want to be loved. We're afraid that if we actually go for the new job and we fail, then we'll be humiliated and embarrassed and no longer be loved. We stay stuck and we don't try for the new business because we're so afraid that if other people reject us, then that part of us that wants to be loved just can't even handle it. And so we stay where we are. We don't break up with the person that we should. We stay stuck in the relationship because we're so afraid that we'll never find love again, or we're so afraid that we can't make it on our own or a million other reasons. If those two don't fit for you, there are a million reasons. Staying stuck, right, is a survival mechanism. We just talked about survival. So there is fight, flight, and freeze. And it's very normal, actually, to freeze in paralysis. And so I've talked to women who have stayed stuck in a relationship. One of my clients stayed stuck in a relationship in her marriage for 10 years when she knew she shouldn't. 10 years. And I do not, no judgment, do not blame her. Because it's scary. It's hard. And she had the thought, if I just stay, everything will get better. But the thing is that life moves on. Her children got older. Various aspects, her, she would see her friends move on in different relationships or different careers. And she just would stay stuck. And when we stay stuck, by the way, in one area of our life, you may not stay stuck in all the areas of your life, but it impacts, it influences all other areas. It's impossible not to. We can't just have a feeling in one area and it not carry through. Humans are actually meant to evolve. We're meant to age. We do age. We can't help it. It's part of, right? We are either growing and aging and and moving forward or we're dead. Our cells regenerate every seven years. You, You are not literally not the same person. You do not have the same body mass that you did seven years ago. So there's actually no such thing as staying stuck. It's as if The world is moving on and you're not. But the world moves on and you do too. You're just in the same place and it is a sacred sin. Now, let me be clear. These are not sins that we've committed against ourselves. They do end up being committed against ourselves, but we did not bring these on. You did nothing to attract shame. You did nothing to bring on self-hatred. You did nothing to be stifled in your voice. You are not at fault for being filled with shame around being a woman. You are not at fault for being taught that we are supposed to sacrifice and sacrifice. And I'm not even going to blame our mothers or grandmothers. This is a societal issue. This is culturally what has been done to women and what we've taken on. Now, this is key. We also are not doing this episode. I'm not sharing this tool of mine. And this is one of my tools. I'm not sharing this with you to go and hate 
This is not man-hating. This is not mother-hating, grandmother-hating, grandfather-hating, or society-hating. I'm simply explaining where all that came from. Now, you can get angry. I actually, I'm feeling angry right now in my body. As I do, I feel anger. I feel grief when I share this tool with people. And it's actually intended for that. Because we actually have to move this stuff out of our body. All of this gets stuck in our bodies. And then we wonder why we end up with disease. You wonder why you end up with irritable bowel. Well, because all that is sitting in your belly and making you anxious and making you feel crappy. And it's eating. It's like the acid starts to eat your belly. Or you wonder why you end up with all this stress in your shoulders because you're carrying the weight of all this on you. Or you wonder why you've gained extra weight because we protect ourselves with extra weight because we eat our emotions. Because actually, when you have all this stress hormone, cortisol, you get, when you are stressed, you get a shot of cortisol. That's what gives you adrenaline to fight or to flee. And it's supposed to be out of your body in 90 seconds. But if you don't run, if you don't get that adrenaline out, it stays in your body and it becomes poison. That is what we know from the research. And that's why we end up with like a tire around our bellies when we feel this way. So you actually have to move it out of your body. So I want you to get angry. I want you to move your grief. Now, here's the thing. We do get it out, but we get it out in the wrong ways, right? This is when we start yelling at someone. We start taking it out on someone. Instead, I want you to have a practice where you get it out of your body. Like I took one woman at Goddess Girls at night, just the two of us, to the ocean so she could get, she could ah, scream into the ocean in safety, not at anybody, not at herself, Because if we don't get it out, then we turn it on ourselves and more self-hatred, right? That's the thing. So she could get it out in a safe space. I taught her how to move her arms to say no to what doesn't serve her. I taught her how to move her body and get this stuff out. So one aspect is getting it out. And the other aspect then is taking radical self-responsibility for your own life. Where you say, yes, These are things that have happened to me. And these are things that have happened for me. I'm not going to allow them to keep me stuck anymore. I'm going to use them as fuel to move forward. And that's what I love teaching. That's why I love doing retreats. That's why I love doing coaching. I love nothing more than if you would come and spend a half day or a day with me in my house, we are going to get this stuff out and you are going to rise. That's what I love doing at a retreat. That's why you've got to make it to one of my retreats, girl. Like this is where our power is at. And then we can step into our goddess selves. So radical self-responsibility says you will take care of your emotions. You will no longer stuff them down and allow them to get you stuck. You will learn how to work with your emotions. You will learn to move your body. You will learn to use this tool that you've been given. You will get your voice out in a healthy way. And then you will rise. Taking radical self-responsibility means that you do not allow any of these situations to let you be a victim. There is a tool that I love. It's called a dreaded drama triangle. And then the opposite is the empowerment dynamic. And it's that anytime we feel like we're a victim at the bottom of the dreaded drama triangle, we can shift it. Imagine a downward triangle. And then you take that victimhood and you flip it. And now you've got an upward triangle. Basically, you can shift anytime you're a victim to a victor or from the victim to creator. And you do that by saying anything that has held you down as a persecutor, anyone, anything, now becomes the challenger to challenge you to live your best life, to help you rise up. And that is our opportunity. So in a world that maybe has told you to doubt yourself, that you can't pursue your dreams or who do you think you are, the way to rise up, the antidote to that are your strengths, are to know what is delicious and wonderful and beautiful about you, and then to operate and live from those. It's the choice, right? Everything comes back to I choose. That's why I wear an I choose necklace every day, why I created the I choose necklace. It's available on my website. And I know women who wear it every day because all you have to do is touch it. And it's a reminder, I choose. So I choose my strengths over self-doubt. I choose to live according to my strengths instead of self-doubt. 
You can find out your strengths by asking friends what's best about you or doing an online assessment. But I choose my strengths instead of self-doubt. Similarly, self-hatred. Hating on your body. Now, the antidote to that is radical self-approval. That you can lay in the bathtub and you can touch your beautiful toes and say, oh, little toes, I love you. Oh, foot, thank you for helping me walk. Oh, calf, you are so strong. Oh, belly, you have birthed children. Oh, breasts, you are glorious. And that you would love yourself, love your body. You might take warm coconut oil and spread it all over your delicious body with such love and such tenderness and such care. It is radical to approve of your body exactly as it is. Again, I choose. I choose self-love. I choose self-approval. And I'll take it a step further. I choose self-celebration. I choose self-celebration. There is a glorious gift to be able to look in the mirror and actually celebrate. Celebrate your cellulite. It means that you're a woman. Celebrate your belly. It means that you are healthy. Celebrate. Your wrinkles, it means you've laughed a lot. I choose self-celebration. The antidote to shame is connection. Brene Brown, who is the foremost researcher on shame, says that shame likes to hide in dark corners, right? That we think that there's something wrong with us, so we keep it small, we keep ourselves hidden, we have our shoulders down. One of the women who came to Goddess Girls came and she had her shoulders hunched over and her hands on her lap like she was being small. And at the beginning of the retreat, she had said, I don't really know what my desires are. I'm not sure what I want in life. At the end of the retreat, she said, oh, I know what I want. I've just been too afraid. And at the end of the retreat, she had her arms stretched out full on as if she was eight feet tall and said, I know why I'm here. I had thought that I didn't know my desires, but I actually do know exactly what I want to do. I had just been afraid. And she said that she had turned down a job opportunity that she had really wanted, but she was going to call the right back and take it. Shame likes to hide in dark corners. And so as soon as we share our shame, right, that's what that circle within a circle exercise was. As soon as I say I was abused, then anyone who has felt ashamed of their abuse, the shame starts to dissipate because we go, oh, okay, I'm not alone. Shame can't hide in connection. And so that's why we all came together through our pain, through our shame, and we're able to rise from it because shame cannot stand connection. So connection is the radical self-responsibility tool. Radical self-responsibility. And again, I choose connection. It's why I hold retreats. It's why I do my four-month empowered program to come together in sisterhood. It's why I'm going to start holding Purpose Girl Alive events coming soon. I can't wait to tell you guys about it because I want you to come together in sisterhood because we can't hide anymore. Connection is what moves us forward. The tool for sacrifice is self-care. Now, self-care is different than self-love, right? I was talking about self-love as loving all over your body, saying really nice things to yourself because you deserve it, because you're so awesome. And different than strengths, right, which are knowing, absolutely knowing and claiming like a queen what's wonderful about you. Self-care is actually checking in with your heart and soul and asking yourself, what do I need? What do I need to receive? And then giving it to yourself. If you need rest, giving yourself a break and letting yourself go nap for 20 minutes, girl. If you need some fresh air, even if you're a caretaker, God, Three of the women in this group were caretakers for others. Sometimes they have to get outside and they need some fresh air. Or do you need to sweat it out and get to a gym or to a class? Do you need to elevate your creativity? These are not anything to feel guilty over. These are things to celebrate. The antidote is to know that you are worthy, to know that as you take care of yourself, as you fill your cup, and you serve from the overflows, you're actually serving in a more powerful way. You're actually able to give more. And so I like to say self-care is not selfish. Self-care is otherish because it helps other people when you take care of yourself. 
That is the antidote. I choose self-care. Stifled, right? Being quieted because you've been told that you're too emotional or too much, too hyper. You shouldn't speak. So the antidote here is work with your throat chakra. So chakras are energy centers throughout our body. And your throat chakra holds, if you have been stifled and you have not been speaking, then you are holding it all there. That's why we get lumps in our throat. And so the antidote here is to begin practicing, I choose to speak my truth. I would start in small ways, right? Like that example of if your friends are going for Mexican and you don't want it, letting that be a safe place to say, oh, I know you guys love Mexican so much. And last time it made my belly feel bad. So how about we choose something else, right? It doesn't have to be obstinate. It doesn't have to be angering. It can be truthful. Or you practice it in a way of ordering what you want to order, right? Too many people go on a date and then they don't order the food that they want to order. Practice. Practice with people who are safe first. And you can even say to your girlfriends, I'm practicing speaking my voice. So, you know, this is like a new thing for me. And when someone says that kind of thing to me, I find it so endearing. I just want to give them everything that they want. So start with people who are safe and then let it build up speaking your voice in ways that feel more vulnerable, way that, ways that feel scarier until you're speaking your voice with your partner about what you want in the bedroom or what you need in terms of responsibilities and roles and keep working it up until you're speaking your voice in your workplace. Keep practicing and practicing that confident voice. It is yours. I choose to speak my voice. Scare survival. So this makes us think that we can't move forward because of rejection or failure as if everyone in the world has not failed at some point, right? Michael Jordan, arguably the best basketball player of all times, failed at making the winning shot 26 times. Bill Gates would tell you that he failed at several businesses. Like people fail. It's normal. It's just that we've come to see failure as there's something wrong with you. Now, what if we shifted this whole notion on its head and as children, we were taught or we taught our children that failure actually means that you're trying. Failure means that you are actually taking a step forward and we celebrate failure. I heard of a CEO recently who asked his kids before they go to bed, what's one thing that you're celebrating today and one failure? Because if they're not failing, then they didn't try hard enough. They didn't try to expand themselves. They didn't try to grow they didn't try to do something new. And that's how we actually are going to live our best life. That's how we're going to be our happiest self. So the issue isn't failing. The issue is our belief about what failing is. So the antidote here is to courageously take one step forward. One teeny tiny step forward. You wanted to write a book? Open your computer and celebrate the heck out of yourself. Yes, I choose to open my computer. I choose to celebrate myself. I'm so awesome. I took a step. You want to sing? Go on Google and look up choirs near me. Even if you don't contact them yet, just celebrate it. Oh my God, I did it. I looked it up. I'm so great. Take one small step or tell one person, hey, this is something I want to do. Like this is how we move forward. This is how we take teeny, 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 tiny little steps. Radical self-responsibility to move into our greatness and into our glory. And the ultimate catch-all of all these, of course, is being stuck, choosing to not be paralyzed anymore. And this one, the radical self-responsibility here, begins with making a decision. A decision that no matter what has happened to you in your life, you are not the victim. That no matter how people have tried to hold you back or how they're still trying to hold you back, you are the creator of your own life. And there is something so powerful, standing tall, head held high, shoulders back, hands down. I'm doing the pose right now. It's so powerful. I choose to be the creator of my own life. I choose. You want to go a step further? Write vows. In my Empowered program, the women actually write vows to themselves as if they are marrying themselves. Right? Why do we make vows to someone else? We don't make vows to ourselves. So I choose. I vow, because as long as you've made a decision, that will propel you forward. Because where your intention is, your attention goes. And so you have the power, my friend. 
You have the power. And you can create your own life. That's what my goddesses did this weekend. That's what I want every single one of you to do. If you need help, come on one of my retreats. Go on over to PurposeGirl.com. Find out about the next retreats. Email me. Say, when is the next Goddess Girls? Because I'm getting questions like that. And so we're planning it. Get on the list. Get on my newsletter list so you can find out when my next Purpose Girl Alive event is going to be. So you can find out when my next retreat is going to be. Get the help that you need. Be in sisterhood. Let others support you in standing in your power. How do you think I got here in this way? I needed women to support me. I needed coaches and mentors. We can do it together. Join the Purpose Girls Facebook group. That is a safe place for you to go on any day and say, I'm feeling stuck. And to get 10 women who say, I'm with you, sister. I got you. Or for you to come on and say, my ex-husband's driving me crazy. I feel stifled. And you can get response from a couple of women going, I want to hear your voice. I got you. My team, we post something every day. And I do Facebook Lives every other week. So it's an amazing resource. Go on over to Facebook. Or if you want to just get my inspirational messages and what I'm feeling and thinking, then follow me on Instagram or at Coach Karen Rockine on Facebook. Continue to get the support you need. That's what you're doing listening to this podcast. And I say you're freaking awesome, lady. And of course, the most important thing that any of us can do is to share this work with the women that we know and love. That's how we change the world one woman at a time. We do it together. Don't hold this all to yourself. Don't say, well, this is my podcast. I don't want anyone else to know about it, right? Sometimes women come on my retreats and they're like, I don't want to tell my friends because I want this to be for me. Well, the way that we become a sister supporter, like that's what we're all being called to do is to be a sister supporter. We become a sister supporter when we share it with other people. We become a sister supporter when we share it with other women because we all are leaders as women and we have that potential. And so I thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of the Purpose Girl Podcast. I hope it inspired you. I hope it helps you rise up. I hope it helps you take steps forward. If it did, go on over to PurposeGirl.com under the blog in this episode. Leave a comment. Tell me how this episode impacted you and moved you. Or go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave your review. Tell me. I want to hear how is this supporting you and moving you forward. Send me a direct message on Facebook or Instagram Or send me an email. I respond to all of that myself. Your messages keep me moving forward, girl. And come to an event. Come to a retreat. Come to Purpose Girl Alive. I can't wait to tell you more about this. We're working the details Ah, for the next one right now. Come and let yourself be uplifted. Let yourself take radical self-responsibility for your life. Because we are changing the world one woman at a time, beginning with you, beginning with me. We're doing it together. And so with that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.